The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Huh, UCF fight song, huh? Did you expect anything else? Not bad. No, I'm just trying to judge it here. You know, I like a lot of brass in my fight song, TJ. That's, uh, that's a decent fight song. I like it. Um, I feel like we've had several guys on lately where we've mentioned I haven't crossed paths in my 13 years. Mark Daniels and I have, we have played each other a lot baseball basketball and now football the sooners and ucf coming up on saturday morning 11 a.m here in the central time zone and we welcome in now the outstanding play-by-play voice of the knights he has a very popular radio show as well there in the orlando area mark daniels mark good morning my friend good morning thank you for having me yeah you know you and I are like dinosaurs in the sense that, you know, we do the radio thing every day. We broadcast games and football, basketball, baseball. A lot of guys in our profession have kind of just settled on a couple of sports and, and, and work a few months a year. So we're the grinders that are still out there, I guess. That's exactly right. In fact, I think the first time we met was, correct me if I'm wrong, baseball when Kyler Murray was playing for the Sooners. We came yeah, to your said, place for a series. Tell me about this guy in the outfield who, who, who wasn't fully healthy, but then crushed a couple of 440-foot home runs, I think. In he, that did so, we- he did yeah. have a good He did have a good weekend. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, give me the story of the UCF season so far. They're 3-3, three and three, haven't found a win yet in conference play. Uh, first half of the season, what's the recap? Well, you know, I think most teams that find themselves kind of uh, where UCF can play the game that, you know, Toby, there may be a couple of plays of being five and one, and there may be one play of being two and four. So that kind of settles where they are at three and three. You know, UCF, uh, uh, a couple of games in the non conference against Kent State, Villanova, they were able to just kind of go out and do what they wanted to do. What a hard fought game at Boise State where they don't lose many games at home, and Boise's kind of figuring out themselves right now, but got a walk off field goal to win that game. And then I think what's happened in you know, a Big 12 football, and maybe a question for Saturday is which UCF team shows up? The one that played its first six quarters of Big 12 football or the one that's played its last six quarters? The one that played its first six quarters went to Kansas State, a tough place to play, and battled the Wildcats. It was a one-possession game into the fourth quarter. UCF had the ball on the Kansas State side of the field with a chance to drive and maybe, uh, you know, tie the football game and then sh- should have won the game against Baylor. And, and in all due respect to Baylor, probably should have won 49-14 but ended up blowing a 35-7 lead and lost. And then the second half of that game and then the Kansas game last week, that's the team that you're trying to put in the past. So it's been a mix of stuff. I think the, I think the team has learned a little bit about what life in the Big 12 is about. And, um, you know, they know they got a big test on Saturday. But, you know, let's see what happens the second half of the season. When they've struggled, where have they struggled? 
Well, a, a couple of things that I think any team can control, um, and, and, and for UCF, those things are turnovers and penalties. Every UCF turnover this year has happened on the opponent side of the field, and a few have happened on the deep part of the opponent's side of the field. So you got to clean that up. Those are things that, you know, uh, to some degree you can control. The other is penalties. You know, the last three football games, UCF has uh, uh, hurt themselves on penalties just at the wrong time, whether you're trying to drive and tie the game and a holding, uh, uh, you know, uh, brings a big playback. Or that extra step and you hit a quarterback and it's a, you know, 15-yard personal foul and it gives somebody a free set of downs. So those are things that I think UCF can control. I think what else has happened, Toby, and look, uh, uh, history shows that when programs make that jump up, um, you kind of reevaluate the areas that have made the talent difference of Power 5 to G5. And I think UCF's got a lot of talented players. But I've seen firsthand the quality of the lines on offense and defensive side and the depth of those lines, where if you lose somebody, you've got a four-star guy that's stepping into play. And, you know, I think right now for UCF, they've had a few bumps and bruises where you're not getting that same type of depth. And I think you appreciate what several recruiting cycles at a Power 5 level can help build those areas for a football team. And, you know, look, again, UCF I think is going to be competitive in a number of games the second half of the year and hopefully get some wins. But I think Gus Malzahn and his staff knew before and see firsthand now where you've got to work on some things in recruiting. Sooner fans, there is some serious speed on this team. Uh, Xavier Townsend, a wideout. Johnny Richardson, a running back. They can go. And you know Gus Malzahn is creative as it comes. Let's talk quarterback. Malzahn said this week he expects John Rice Plumley to be back. Um, do you expect him to be back? And then it looks like to me, at least statistically, Timmy McLean, his backup, has played pretty well. How do you compare those guys, and, and what do you think will happen there at quarterback on Saturday? Yeah, uh, Toby, keep this in mind. This is Gus's third year, and every year he's lost the quarterback to injury for a period of time. I mean, his first year, Dylan Gable was a quarterback, got hurt in game three, was out for the rest of the year, UCF turned to freshman. Last year, John Rice Plumley got dinged up middle of the season, never got healthy again the rest of the year, was in and out of the lineup. And then this year, he gets hurt in that second game at Boise State and you know tried to come back at Kansas a couple of weeks ago and just wasn't able to go. Um, Gus has said that John Rice will start in the football game on Saturday. Um, Timmy McLean uh, played well. Um, and, and yet, Timmy, I think, inexperienced at times, uh, showed uh, he made some fantastic throws and then a couple of plays that he'd like to have back. The funny thing is, statistically, I still think he's a second-rated quarterback in the Big 12, Timmy. But Plumley, when healthy, gives you you know, the run option, uh, and he, he's arguably the fastest guy on the football team. I think he's improved significantly as a passer. Um, the question is, um, what happens when he gets hit? Because I think in the Kansas football game, Toby, the, the, the psychological – now, he was cleared medically, practiced the whole week for UCF but wore a brace on that knee where he hadn't worn the brace before. And suddenly you get out there, it feels a little bit different. He gets hit third play of the game and just doesn't feel right. And look, he's practiced for two weeks. But as you guys know, quarterbacks get hit 12 days a year when you play a football game. And so we'll see what happens when he gets that first hit in Saturday's game. But I think the two weeks have probably helped him. When healthy, he gives UCF just that different dimension that allows Gus and his offense corner, Darren Hinshaw, to have that playbook wide open, where I think it's been a little bit limited in the last couple of weeks. And, and again, I think Timmy McLean's played well. Timmy's a local high school hero here. 
and um, you know, is also a dynamic guy, but I think they feel that Plumlee gives them a bigger run threat. Um, a couple of figures on the OU side, obviously, that have UCF ties here. You mentioned Dylan Gabriel, also offensive coordinator Jeff Levy. Are there are there hard feelings at UCF toward Gabriel at all? And then any talk this week about what the Levy effect could be on this game? Well, Toby, I, I say this almost every day on my show. Uh, every fan base, I think, has 20% of that fan base that just lives in a world that I'm not quite sure I want to live in, where every game, <laughs> if you lose, they want everybody fired, including the radio guy. Yeah. Every three and out, they demand a, a, you know, an OC change or something like that. So there's probably that group that has a bitterness towards Dylan, um, but I think the overwhelming majority of people – um, wish Dylan well. I think every UCF fan uh, has to acknowledge how, how talented of a quarterback he was at UCF. And uh, you know, a couple a couple of weeks ago, um, we're doing our pregame show as you're sitting there at the Cotton Bowl watching that incredible finish. I remember when Dylan threw the touchdown pass. I turned to my color analyst of almost 30 years and high fived him. I, I'm happy for Dylan. I, I, I in a transfer portal world, you have to accept the portal giveth. And the poll will take it away. I think when it happens to certain positions, people get more emotionally involved. But for the group that's angry, just look around. I mean, UCF will line up wide receivers from Auburn and Alabama, offensive linemen from Kent State, Fresno State, from Alabama, uh, a defensive tackle. from. I mean, you can go on and on and on. We just happen to live in a transfer portal world. You know, Jeff Levy was somebody that when uh, Josh Heupel left, to take the job at Tennessee that some fans had thought about, you know, is it time for, for Jeff maybe to be a head coach? There wasn't that connection with Terry Mahajer, the AD, that had come in uh, from Arkansas State. He knew Gus from the time that uh, Gus was at Arkansas State, so I'm not quite sure Jeff was really considered, but Jeff was a popular guy here for the impact that he had on the offense. And uh, But I don't think there's ill will at all towards Jeff. And, and again, I think the overwhelming majority of UCF fans don't have anything but positive things to say about Dylan. How's Gus Malzahn to work with? What kind of a guy is he behind the scenes? Gus is great. I mean, he, 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 Toby, he comes here after the experience at Auburn where Gus had success. And I think he would tell you it, it wasn't a great end because of just the culture um, at, at Auburn. And when he came to UCF for where the program was, remember Gus came here and, and the Big 12 invite hadn't come yet. Uh, so, so I think he came here saying, wow, can I go to a place where I know the AD for a long time? that is going to give me resources to just coach football, to go back and, 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 and get involved with the X and O's and, and not have, you know, boosters and donors texting me Sunday morning about why we ran this play on third and six, or, you know, is my buyout in the column every single Monday after a loss. So I think Gus really embraced coming to Orlando where the fan base welcomed him. Um, Orlando's, I, I think, a different town than Auburn. He and his wife can go out to eat and while People recognize him. It's not that big deal. Orlando's got a lot of people that have some name recognition that live in it. So I think that helps him. Then with the Big 12 announcement, I think Gus got you know really fired up about, okay, now I've got to begin to build a roster for the Big 12 that's going to be both short-term, how do we get prepared for 23, and long-term, how do we work on recruiting so that we can really become competitive. Recruiting's going great. Depending on what service you look at, they're maybe second in the new Big 12 with the 16 teams next year behind Texas Tech. I think the average grade for recruit might be number one. So he's recruiting at a high level. And as you guys know, it's going to take some recruiting cycles to build that up, but at the same time, try to be competitive every time you go out there and play. He seems 
you know, pretty charismatic. I'm, I'm thinking back. You're going on like three decades now at UCF, right? Haven't you been there? This for, is my 29th year at UCF. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you go back. Let's see. George O'Leary, uh, obviously Scott Frost and Josh Heupel, and now Gus. I know I know Josh, not, and he's, uh, you know, relatively quiet. Scott Frost yeah. is as well. Gus seems to be cut out of maybe a little different mold. Charismatically, yes, no? Yeah, I think, you know, he. Uh, I don't think uh, is a big uh, shout-yell type guy. I think Gus uh, uh, earns respect of his players and has a standard that, uh, you know, he, he kind of sets. But, you know, he'll get animated sometimes. He'll, you know, he'll voice his opinion. But, um, I, you know, I, of all the guys I've worked with, I think he kind of fits in towards the middle. I, I would agree that Josh, you know, and, and Frost, for the most part, quite O'Leary, that's a different one. That's one that would, uh, <laughs> would would speak with a high aggressive tone and so forth. But um, look, I think this has been a little bit of an adjustment, also for Gus. Look, we're, we're we're still a building program. I mean, we've not been playing football that long compared to other people. So as we're uh, uh, building the resources and and, and, and you know uh, uh, the donors, the facilities, and all that stuff, I think Gus is is also adapting to a place where. You know, you didn't have SEC money, and, and we don't have SEC money. Remember, we're not getting a full share in the Big 12 until year three, and those dollars, uh, you know, matter if you try to keep up with facilities and an NIL world. So I think um, he's been more of a CEO in the sense he's a lot an offensive coordinator to come in and uh, call plays, and Darren Henshaw, former quarterback here, I think that's been an adjustment as well. But as you guys know, and I think I've heard your coach say the same thing, coaches today have to be a CEO because it's not just the X and O's, it's all of the – uh, you know, the other stuff in an NIL world that we live in and talent acquisition is so important. And, uh, 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 you know, firsthand too, Oklahoma brought in a bunch of new players as well. So I think we all are adapting to the new world of college football where you're not just building a roster over a five-year period, you're building it every year. All right, we'll get you out of here, Mark. you got a show to do, but what's got to happen for UCF to uh, pull off the upset on Saturday? Give me, give me well, your look, keys you know, to victory. Yeah, look, they know they're playing one of the better teams in the country, and clearly Oklahoma's on a high after that great football game against Texas. Unlike UCF, they got uh, the benefit of a bye week. But I think to go back to some of the basic things I said before, they've got to protect the football. They can't turn the ball over. They've got to limit penalties and not have those penalties that can kill uh, drives. And they're going to need some big plays. They're going to need uh, whoever's the quarterback to, uh, to, to take a shot downfield and let their wide receivers win some battles and maybe when a play breaks down, you know, Plumlee's healthy and can run. He picks up, you know, 15, 20 yards. And then defensively, they've got to get off the field. They can't allow third down conversions. That's been a big problem for UCF's defense. And even sometimes on third and seven, third and eight, they're giving up 10 and 12 yards. So they've got to do some of the basic things to give them a chance. You look up in the third and fourth quarter and say, you know, uh, hey, we got a shot here. They know there's some areas that they're going to be outmanned on. So you have to find some other things, uh, you know, that gives you a chance. So I think, just don't make those mistakes. Uh, play disciplined football. Make some big plays and don't give up the big play uh, for them to have a chance uh, in, in Norman on Saturday. Thrilled you guys are coming here and, and getting a chance to uh, host you. I do regret that we don't get to experience the bounce house. That would have been fun to uh, get to play a game at UCF. Uh, your radio booth, nice size, good yard line. It is very high, so make sure you bring your binoculars. With you we'll bring Saturday. the binoculars. We'll bring it Orlando weather. You give me temperatures in the 80s on oh, Saturday? Yeah. Thank you. Nice. That's it's incredible. It's going to be a Thank nice you. day. Yeah. All right, Mark. Thanks, buddy. Bye, I appreciate guys. it. Thank we'll see you. you on Saturday. Bye-bye now.
There you go. Mark Daniels, voice of uh, UCF. You know, they won a national championship uh, just a few years ago. No, they didn't. You know, UCF is where uh, made a lot of uh, national news a while back. Their football training facility is the one that has the Lazy River. Oh, that's they, right, uh, yeah. There's a pool, Lazy River. There's a, like a bocce ball court there, a cabana. Seems it's like mini quite, golf or something, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a – I mean, their facilities there are big time. I want to say that's the largest school in terms of students in America. It's close. It's It's massive. And they put a lot of money into their facilities. They are very nice. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance needed to participate. They believe everyone should have access to new treatment options through cl- clinical trial participation. Hightowerclinical.com. Call or text 405-831-5905. Last home game before Halloween. You dressing up uh, for Saturday's game? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Big Halloween guy. Yeah. And love dressing up. Good, and I will good. be dressed. I will be dressed as, uh, well, I don't want to ruin the surprise. So uh, just be on the lookout because it will be quite an outfit. Uh, coin. Be, I'll give it away. I'm going to be dressed as Chris Plank on Saturday. Uh, coin collector. He'll be dressed as a coin collector. <laughs> two-penny day yesterday on the walk again. I'm on a good run. It's been a, a, a run of two-penny days for me, basically. <laughs> I'm wondering. One of them questionable. I'm One of them questionable. if your family now runs ahead of you and tosses a couple of pennies here and there just to keep oh. Dad happy. I found a $20 bill in the road yesterday. Get out of okay? here. So I'm, I'm turning the corner. I look down. It's a folded up $20 bill. All, all I can see Did is Did this Benjamin fall out Franklin. of the sushi kid's pocket? No, it's on my walk. It's in my neighborhood. <laughs> uh, it's Benjamin Franklin's on the 20, right? Uh, yes. Or 100. No, he's on the 100. Who's okay, on the 20? So it's a, it's $100 I got, bill. I got some 20s in my pocket here. Right. I think it's a 20. Oh, no, it's Andrew Jackson on the 20, yeah. Then it's a 100. What? Yeah, because it's Benjamin's. So I found a, a folded up $100 bill. It's like perfectly folded in four, and all I can see is Benjamin Franklin's face. Right. And so I pick it up. I'm thinking it's a 20 at the time. But I pick it up, and I and there's cars coming. And so I like get I move over to the side, and I get out of the way. My heart's racing. I'm like, holy cow, I have hit the jackpot. I can cash this in and get a ton of coins for this. <laughs> and so the cars pass, and I pull it, pull it out to look at my – a $20 bill, and it is a fake $1 million bill. Oh. It's like a, it's like, but it's, it's the same type of paper. Like, it's really well done. But I was like, I bet TJ did this. I bet TJ came and dropped a fake $1 million bill on the ground just to get me all excited. $1 million. Yeah, I don't think it was real. I, I put it. I put it in the trash. Uh, those probably are the ones they hand out at the Texas State Fair. There's a booth that hands out $1 uh, million dollar bills. Oh, yeah. They tried to hand one to Bronx uh, that day of OU Texas, and he said, that ain't real. boy, Bronx. Walking. Way to yeah. look right through. Right away. Like, people try to trick you all over the place in this world, Bronx. <laughs> I'm on to you. Uh, let me see if I can get my text to open here. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 
Uh, I can read Sooner Stews here without clicking on it. Good morning, fellas. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks for week seven. Sooner Stew Seahawks. I got it. Uh, good morning, Ghost and Ghoul. Rangers win a big tonight. That's Panda in Texas. Hope you're right, Panda. I mean, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm disappointed for you that the Rangers didn't win last night. But this feels like kind of the first time when, all right, it's playoff time now. Like, it's been so easy for the Rangers so far that here comes the stress and the tension and a real series now. So I'm kind of happy. I wanted them to lose here soon because you can't reel off that many wins in a row and just win straight through, although that would be fun. But there have been streaks in this season where they've won seven and eight in a row and they follow that up with like six or seven losses in a row. That's happened like numerous that. times. Like that. So this has to be a bounce back tonight. They cannot let them tie the series. They cannot let that set in. So you got Verlander on the horizon again. You got that Bozzy uh, uh, so, Bear, no. whatever his name no. is, and the other Strong, game after that. No. no. Don't let him. Like, yeah. No. Thank you, James. Uh, let's see here. What is going on with my text line, dude? What did I give you on Sooner Stew? Seahawks. Okay, that's right. We're on the air right now, by the way, T. I'm trying to figure something out here. Calm down. Dwight and Yukon would like the Bills. All right. LG Sooner 63, Seahawks. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Steve Bronstetter from Indiana. Good morning, Steve. Would like the Bills. Is that the way he said it? Uh, yes, the I would bills. like the Bills. Okay, got it. Steve Bronstetter Good morning, gents. Indiana. You guys need to try three pieces of pecans, crock pot, green chili, chicken tacos. They're damn good. Hey, you can't use his line. Hey, by the way, thank you for saying that. I knew you were down last night, and so I did. You see what I sent you on on the IG last night? I, I did, and it angered me at the time. Okay, I have to admit, had you been <laughs> in the room, I would have thrown something at you. Why? But things weren't going well in the Ranger game. I was in I a know. cranky mood, I trying and to I pick said, you up. "I see this bling bling." You have uh, videos. I thought it was like Tumbleweed <laughs> Tommy or something cheering me up, and it's three pieces cooking a pot of beans. It yes, angered a me. Pot of bean, it bean angered me. I'm not a bean guy like that. <laughs> You're a big bean family. I'm not We've a big bean family. This. And it's a three pieces of pecan recipe for game day beans. It's a big old pot of beans. I think what angered me the most is I said, Dad, gun, those beans look good. I'm going to have to try this. They do look good, my man. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. You're welcome. (laughs) Jerk. Uh, three uh, Crock-Pot green chili tacos sound delicious. I might have to look that up. We were supposed to collab when he was in town, and he dissed me. My feelings are a little hurt. Next time you're in town, three pieces. We collabing. You can use my grill. Matt B. wants the Seahawks. All right. Mo Sooner, Missouri Sooner, uh, would like the Seahawks. Come on, Cardinals. Faith in Seattle. Come on, Kyler. Play this weekend. Light them up. 
Morning, buddy. Oh, hey, I know I'm banned, but I wanted to tell you my pick is the Seahawks. I've wrote a whole lot more here, but since I'm banned, TJ's not going to read it. Stuff about my niece and fighting and holding her up, Simba Cam. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff here, but I am banned. <laughs> That's right. He's banned. Remind me why he's banned. I, I clearly remember banning him for the rest of the week, but I cannot remember why. Uh... He said, uh, Coach Venables is a savant on defense like the former guy was on offense, and you did oh, not yeah, like yeah. him he, comparing He directly Brent compared to BV Lincoln. to Lincoln. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's a ban. Uh, good morning, uh, gents. Sorry for giving y'all crap this week. Y'all love y'all. Stay warm. Hope y'all enjoy the game Saturday. Boomer Sooner. It's from Marcara. What did they give us crap about? I don't know what that's about. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think know. I want to know. I don't, I don't think know. I want you to go look back at what he did. All right, all right. Ostiak in Tulsa. We'll take the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Got it. Junior in Tulsa would like the Bills, please. All right. Sooner King bump. of the Mountain, Carl's Bad Management Group. Go ahead. That's right. Sooner Bump Nizzy would like the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I was uh I I was in the car the other day I can't remember where we were going I, uh, I had Chloe and I was like let's head back to the hizzy <laughs> and she go she looked at me and she goes what I said let's head back to the hizzy she's like how do you know what the hizzy is I was like I'm pretty sure that was more my age than your age <laughs> yes very much so <laughs> like you guys did not invent that Snoop right uh, I would Snoop say that tar- Snoop. talking like that I would say that Snoop. He's the one that called everything something Izzy, right? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you, you kids did not invent every cool thing in the world. Anyway, we had a fight, huge fight over it. Two more. You can add Soonerific to Wee 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 on the list. Oh, yeah, my new sign-off. Yeah. Have a Soonerific day. That's right. Uh, morning, old chums. I would like you know the Seahawks. Tawi scores on Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say that ever again. But you know it's gonna go through my mind. It's uh, it's gonna go through the stadium well. because I'm gonna go wee 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 and get everyone to start doing it in the stadium. It's just gonna be a giant wee wee running through the stadium. Oh God! <laughs> Plumber Jeff would like the Seahawks. You're a jerk. Seahawks. Yes. You you make one mistake in 13 <laughs> years and people will not let you live it down. <laughs> or, My apologies or for the way I phrased Maybe that. Maybe it's 100 too, mistakes. So. <laughs> no. <clears throat> one more, one more. Two-star Taylor wants Baker's Buccaneers, please. Hmm, who are they playing? Mm, I haven't looked at the NFL schedule, to be honest, so I don't I know. Got it. I got it right here. Calm down. Uh, Bucks are, they played terrible last week. Falcons, tough game. It's in Tampa, though. All right, we'll take a break. I got a question for you to ponder during this commercial break, TJ. Ready? And all our listeners out there. Would you trade in Dylan Gabriel for Caleb Williams if given the opportunity? A question that was posed on my favorite afternoon radio show while I was on my walk last night. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510.
I like looking at these uh, projected 12-team playoffs. We, we talked about one last week. Andy Staples has put one out. He's projecting, you know, through the end of the year who he thinks is going to win the conferences and everything. Here's his current projected 12-team field. We're not going to have this this year, but next year we will. Uh, round one matchups, the 8-9 game is Texas at Ohio State. That'll work. The 7-10 game is Alabama at Oregon. Okay. The 6-11 game is North Carolina at Florida State. Again, there's a conference rematch or a conference matchup. I think they're going to have to legislate around those. And the 5-12 game, which you're always going to hate this because it's going to have a group of five team in it, Michigan hosting the Air Force Academy. OU, a four seed, gets the winner of the Michigan Air Force game. Don't hate it. Georgia, the one seed, gets the winner of Ohio State, Texas. Penn State's the two seed. He's projecting Penn State's going to win the Big Ten. They get either Oregon or Alabama. And Washington, the three seed, gets either Florida State or North Carolina. Oh, that looks fun. Okay, I asked you a question before the break, Teach. You and I both were talking highly of Dylan Gabriel yesterday and, and what a great year he's had, and he's deservedly in the Heisman race. They asked a question last night on the show, uh, Teddy and Tyler's show, the, 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 the Rush show, and Travis was with him. Would you trade Dylan for Caleb if given the opportunity right now? How would you answer that? I would say that it's impossible to answer without having that device that they use in Men in Black where it erases my memory. Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams is the better quarterback, but I also now have history in my head of the interviews about shopping, um, Hmm. some of the things he's said about Oklahoma, jumping ship, going with Lincoln. So I don't like the guy now. Like, I can't stand him so you would have to erase my memory and I know that he's the better collegiate quarterback he's won a Heisman um till last week he was in the running to win a second Heisman he's probably dropped out of that race to go back to back here but I can't stand the guy now so the answer is no I'd rather have Dylan Gabriel but if you erase my memory and I solely just went off of the type of football players they were then yes you would obviously want Caleb Williams you probably won probably more games last year especially if he stays healthy, you probably don't get blown out in Texas the way you do. You probably still lose that game, but maybe not get blown out as much. You probably have a different feel going into this season and haven't seen the surge that you've seen with this team. So the answer is Caleb, but I don't like the guy, so my answer is Dylan Gabriel. Wow. I mean, that is the most political answer I've ever heard. Here's how the guys in the afternoon answered it. Some other. Would you guys trade Dylan Gabriel for Caleb Williams right now? E probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but I think throughout the year, I think it's gotten it's a longer pause. I think in week one, I think that would have been a much quicker answer from me. But I think there's a longer pause right now. You you trade? Huh? You trading him? Oh no, no way. No question. No no way. No. Oh, you're sticking with DG, huh? Yeah. No way. How about it? No way. Don't. One of the best things that happened to this school is when Caleb Williams went to USC, and it's good. It's you're seeing the same exact thing happen at USC that's happened 
that happened at Oklahoma previously is an unbelievable quarterback covers up all of your other problems and all of your other problems do not get addressed. You just have to go find the next guy that can cover up all of the issues. We needed all of our issues to see the light of day, and ultimately it's made us a far better program because of it. I'm looking at some other What do you think about that? No, I I, I think Teddy's probably right. And, like, I don't think it's like when I say he's the better quarterback, he is the better quarterback. But Teddy's right in the fact that he does mask a lot of things. So... My answer is Dylan Gabriel as well, and like I said, that's simply based on I have it in my head now. I know things that were said. I know watching him now, I just can't stand the guy. But if you erase my memory, I'd probably pick Caleb Williams. Because um, um, in Oklahoma, you weren't able to go out and shop, really. You weren't able to go out and you know go to the beach or anything like that. It was just kind of planes, like actual planes, not yeah. the flying ones. Yeah. yeah, his dad's a pain in the butt. Like the whole package of – Caleb Williams is just a pain in the you-know-what. This is a hard question because the assumption there, I want to say Dylan Gabriel, but I think Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. Yes. He's got the athleticism, and and I love DG, but I think if you're being honest, there's a reason Caleb is the projected number one draft pick in the NFL. He does come with a lot of baggage, I, it would be hard to cheer for him again. But we're taking all that out of it. Would this OU football team be better? I hear what Teddy's saying, but I don't know that I necessarily agree with the defense part of that. Like, I'm assuming Brent Venables is still our head coach here. We're not getting Lincoln Riley back, too. I don't think the defense doesn't get addressed by Brent Venables just because Caleb Williams is running around making plays. You know what I mean? Like, I think our defense still gets better regardless of what happens on the offensive side of the ball with Brent Venables as the head coach. No, I I agree with that. And I don't know if Teddy was talking both sides of the ball or if he was talking specifically offense. Well, what would he be talking about on offense I don't know. that I was don't know. masked? Yeah, I don't because know. Because they were... I mean, they had really good wide receivers. They've had really good offensive lines and really good quarterbacks and really good running backs during the Lincoln-Riley era. All of those were great. They had Heisman Trophy quarterbacks and at least one Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. There were years it could have been better. They had C.D. Lamb and Marvin Mims and Hollywood Brown and so I don't know what he would have masked on offense. Maybe somebody out there can think. Maybe chemistry. I, I do think chemistry-wise, leadership-wise, yeah. DG's better, and I I yep. do believe that there's less drama with DG than you get with For Caleb sure. Williams. So For I, sure. I, I, maybe that's what he's talking would, about too. That that would masked BV a lot of that. be able to rope that in? Be you know the whole. Team, the, be better at creating a team environment for Caleb Williams and the sole mission and all that kind of stuff. That's that's an unanswerable question. I don't know. I completely agree that on the surface, drama follows Caleb Williams wherever he goes. Right. And we got no we got no need for that. 
I don't want to just assume Brent couldn't fix that or help that situation. I don't know. Maybe he could. I don't know. It's an interesting question. When first asked, I think you automatically say, well, of course Caleb Williams is better. You'd rather have him. But there's a lot to think about there. Anyway, I thought it was interesting because Teddy was pretty adamant. Not pretty. He was adamant. So he didn't even have to no think way. about it. No way. Nope. Yeah. But again, a lot of that I think is his – I think he just doesn't like the kid anymore, and it's kind of my well, thing. Like if Teddy's memory was erased of some of the things he's done and said and his dad and some things that we know, does let me he ask choose you this. differently? Did you cheer when Josh Young hit a home run last night for the Rangers? Oh, both times. Both okay. times. All right, so – uh, things you, you can overlook things when they come back to play for your team. <laughs> Not the shopping statement. I can't overlook 748, that. we'll be back. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. WTJ back with you. T-Row in the morning show. This hour brought to you by Hightower Clinical bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance needed to participate. Medication provided for free, and patients are compensated for their time. Several metro locations coming soon to Ardmore. Hightowerclinical.com. Call or text for more information in the trials they're working on. 405-831-5905. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Raiders for Dustin and Lawton. The Raiders. Oof, man, that's our first Raiders pick. Let me see. Uh, let me see what they got going on here. Raiders. Um, the Bears at Chicago. Okay, okay. Fat Boy Fifty Seven says, "Don't use Soonerific. It sounds like something a cupcake yuppie would say." Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that advice. <laughs> You think he was worried about it? I think so. Oh, my God. I got to send a message. He might do it. (laughs) Jake from Blanchard. Good morning, guys. I would like the Raiders and King of the Mountain. Yeah, there's uh, two or three picks here. It sounds like we're going to either they all win and move on or someone's getting thinned out here. Uh, Jeff in Arkansas. Howdy, guys. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Mike from the suburbs in Fort Worth. Thank goodness I don't have to email that one this week. It's so long to type. (laughs) (laughs) He wants the bills. All right. Joe the blind guy would like the 49ers. Didn't see that one coming. Okay. Just Tracy uh, says, uh, it's our Friday. Burley Boomer and I are heading up to Norman tomorrow. Yes. Planning to spend the whole weekend and staying a little longer to go to our first Rudy's show on Monday. Oh, we are how about super that? excited. How about that? Nice. All right. The Burlesons are coming up. And Burleson. they're going to uh, take in a game. <laughs> they're coming up from Burleson. They're going to take in a game. They're going to stick around and they're going to go to Rudy's. Big things are happening, folks. I mean, that's when a special season is unfolding. Things like this happen. The fringe fans like TJ and his family start to come to the Rudy shows. People from Burleson start to come to the Rudy shows. You can tell Sooner Nation is getting sucked in now. 
Might I recommend the uh, baked potato and uh, smash it out all over your plate? Hey, that would be a great way to get a larger crowd there is to have Katie put on a baked potato cutting clinic. (laughs) We could all stand around with notepads. Slow down a little bit. Uh, Donna and VA would like the Seahawks. All right. Donna in BA Seahawks. Okay. Uh, this person says, when I click the survey, link says the survey is closed. Yeah, I think it has. Uh, I thought they thought it was going to run a little longer, <laughs> but I did the same thing. So I believe it's closed. So uh, unless they're going to reopen it, right. I'll let you know. The boss that, told so. us to remind you guys. Sorry. Uh, this came in at 642. Not sure what we were t- discussing then, but it says, that means we are so uh, sophisticated as L.A. Probably hmm. true. Whatever it was we were talking about. Hmm. We're very uh, Sushi, maybe. Kids walking and eating sushi. Oh. Rod from Tulsa. If I'm still in, I want the Buccaneers. This is between 7 and 9 on Thursday. If that's... I've been listening from Tulsa, playing different games with you guys. Oh, this is... Uh, uh, you're out, Rod. I had this discussion with you, and you're, you're threatening to tell your cousin, Steve Owens. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Toby and I, Toby and I aren't scared of Steve Owens. <laughs> Wait a second. Rod is angry that he's not on the mountain and he's he's gonna tell on us. He says, "I've been playing your games for a long time. I'm disappointed, and I'm gonna let my cousin Steve Owens know, and he's going to be disappointed." Well, remind me, Rod did not get his pick in the window. There was a, that uh, there was a window one week that he oh, boy. got it out of the 6 to 9 a.m. Well, uh, it was window. a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> we are obviously about to get shut down. And Steve, if you're listening, uh, we do love and respect you, but you will not influence the King of the Mountain outcome. I okay? don't know. I'd love to hear that call. Like if Steve, <laughs> if Steve wants to call the radio station on behalf of Rod... I would consider putting Rod back on the mountain. If a if a high, in fact, that's a new rule. If you can talk a Heisman Trophy winner into calling our show, they have to call in and be on air. Yeah, and pleading the case for you, then we will put you back on the mountain. <laughs> a li- well, I started to say a living Heisman Trophy winner. That probably doesn't need to be added. You, if you can talk a Heisman Trophy winner into speaking on your behalf, you go directly back onto the mountain. Eight o'clock, we'll be back.